Well, hey, it is so good to have every one of you with us here today. And uh, those of you who are on site, we really wondered if anybody would show up today. So uh, we're glad you're here. And uh, hey, if you're online with us, we're very glad you're here. We have many who are joining us online. If you're in the room with me right now, would you welcome in our online community with me? Good to have you with us. So awesome. Uh, As has been mentioned uh, these last several days, we've uh, had some great uh, Christmas celebrations here. Many of you have been a part of those, and lots of great stories have uh, come out of those services, and uh, uh, it's it's been a great celebration uh, this year. And so I'm I'm excited to be able to wrap up our our Christmas series, The Joy of Heaven. Hopefully you've been here for every week of it and and, uh, been able to catch all of it. Now, hopefully everybody has had a a joyous Christmas season, Uh, you know, filled with happiness, filled with excitement. Maybe your uh, Christmas was something like this little girl who got to open her present. She's excited. I don't know if that resembled you at all. I know some of you parents probably uh, got to experience something like that. She, this little girl apparently loves unicorns, so she was pretty excited about her little unicorn that she got. So, but uh, hopefully you had a great Christmas. But I also know Christmas season uh, doesn't always live up to the expectations that we, we have on the season. I, I ran across a little meme this week that uh, spoke about the silent night, the first silent night. And Uh, It says this, if you can read it down at the bottom, how Silent Night began. Joseph is saying, don't be mad. I said I was sorry. I should have made reservations. Talk to me, Mary, Mary, Mary. And Mary says, I'm fine. (laughs) That's really how the first Silent Night started right there. And then Jesus was born in a barn. So anyway. Uh, but again, uh, hopefully you had a joyous experience and not like, uh, you know, I, I'm not done yet. Not like these kids, their parents were part of a bad Christmas gift. Oh, that is such a little brother move. And I know because I'm a little brother. 
I mean, how awesome. No, that, those parents were a part of a bad Christmas gift challenge by Jimmy Kimmel and uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live. And you, you do feel a little sorry for those kids there for a second, but that's pretty funny. Anyway, oh, but again, hopefully you've had a wonderful uh, season. Some of you, you love Christmas. We are 364 days away and you can't wait till it's back. Uh, others of you, I, I've had conversations this morning. It's like, I am so glad it's over, you know, and uh, you, you could last a few months without it, but uh, hopefully you've had a great season. Um, but this is a challenging season for some. Um, for some, whenever they hear the words of that song, Joy to the World, they, they might think to themselves, maybe this is you, you know, I wish, I wish I had that joy. I wish I could muster up this joy that everybody is singing about and talking about, but, but you know, my, my loved one's in the hospital right now. I just got the diagnosis. Uh, I, I can't pay my own bills, let alone get gifts for my family. My, my kids couldn't make it home this year, and man, it's just, it's just hard. Under the circumstances, it's hard to find the joy. Maybe that's been you this season. Part of the thing that, uh, that we've got to run, understand or be reminded of as believers is that we do have an enemy. And that enemy happens to know Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10, that, that scripture there uh, where it says, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You see, our enemy, Satan, knows that the, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so he knows as one of his primary tactics, if he can rob us of our joy in the Lord, he can rob us of our strength. As we walk through this life, as we go through the circumstances that challenge us and, and have a tendency to beat us down, if he can rob us of that joy, we might just give up. We might just turn our backs on this whole faith thing. And so we walk through this life and we are bombarded with circumstances that are challenging. We are bombarded with negative uh, circumstances and negativity, whether it be the circumstances in our life or maybe it's just our culture. I mean, turn on the TV or, or peruse the websites and social media and it's negativity and it's if left unchecked, it's those things that can, can rob us, that can suck the joy out of our life, and in so doing, rob us of the strength that God desires for us as we walk through this life. We're inundated with it. So again, that's why we've got to have a full understanding of what this joy of the Lord is, is in our lives and, and maybe even start off with talking about what the difference between happiness and joy is. Because, you know, Chad, through this series, if you've been a part of it, he's mentioned this a number of times, this difference between happiness and joy and this idea that, that happiness is fleeting, it's momentary, where joy is something that's so much more powerful. I, I don't think it's any coincidence that if you look at the Bible, uh, it only references happiness only a few dozen times, but when it comes to, to joy, for us as believers, it's over 300 times it's mentioned. That's what God desires for us. But this happiness that so many of us pursue in this life is very circumstantial. It's all based on the experiences that we have and the met up expectations that we 
have of this in this life. And, but yet joy is so much different. Joy overcomes. Joy is powerful. Joy is not dependent upon circumstances. It controls circumstances. Joy is, is even beyond emotion. Joy is a posture of the heart as we walk through this life. Kay Warren, she put it this way, happiness comes unbidden and unexpectedly and can leave just as abruptly. Joy can be available anytime, anywhere, any place, but it is a result of our decision to choose it. Joy. Joy is both a, a gift of God as well as a response to the gifts of God that, that he has given us. It's a condition of the heart. And our prayer through this whole series is that we as followers of Jesus We'd really tap into this joy, and in so doing, we would tap into the strength that is available to us through Jesus. And so I want to spend a little bit more time diving into this uh, idea of having joy. What does it mean to have joy? How do we find this joy? And uh, we're going to spend our time today talking about just a little bit more as we wrap up this series. Now, Paul, the Apostle Paul, he talks about joy often. Matter of fact, one of his letters to the Philippian church was known as the book of joy. People call it that. Though he was in a prison cell, he wrote this book that's all about joy. And, uh, but over in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 7, verse 4, he says this, I have great confidence in you. He's talking to the church there in Corinth. I have great confidence in you. I take great pride in you. I am greatly encouraged. All right, let me stop there for just a second. He has already written one letter to them, and it was somewhat of a scathing letter to the church there in Corinth. He, he really came down on them about some things, but now he's heard some good things about the church. And so now he's able to say, hey, um, I've got confidence. I'm encouraged. I'm so excited for what God's doing in you there. But then look at how he ends that, that verse there. In all our troubles, my joy knows no bounds. That's an interesting phrase. In all our troubles, that's probably not how we would end that. In all our troubles, it has been hard. In all of our troubles, we have struggled. No, Paul says, in all of our troubles, my joy knows no bounds. My joy is boundless, right? Well, he must have had some pretty light troubles then. I mean, if he can say something like that, what kind of troubles did, did Paul go through? Well, if you back up into his letter, he lists several of them. He talks about when he was put in prison, when he was beaten almost to death multiple times. He was shipwrecked. He had sleepless nights. I mean, those are some pretty rough troubles that he went through. He, even the next verse, he mentions more. We were physically tired, harassed at every turn, conflicts from outside the church, fears inside the church. But in all of these troubles that Paul has been facing, he says, my joy knows no bounds. Is that the spirit you have whenever you face troubles in your life? Is that how we face the circumstances, the challenges of our life that, that are hard to go through? Or do we drag our bottom lip and just tell everybody about how bad life is and I just can't believe this? That's not Paul. Paul says, hey, in spite of all these troubles, I've got so much joy I can't contain it. One of the distinctive traits of a follower of Jesus 
is joy, is a joyful spirit. That should be evident in every one of us, that no matter what trials we face, no matter what troubles we encounter, no matter what we face in this life, we have a spirit of joy. Does that mean that we don't have sadness and we don't go through times of hurt and sorrow? No, but it's like what Paul says elsewhere over in First Thessalonians. We don't, we don't mourn like everybody else mourns. It's a different kind of mourning we even go through when, when we face loss and when we face the loss of loved ones. Because even in our mourning, we are able to hold on to a sense of joy. That's the trait that should be evident in the life of everyone as a believer. God desires that all of his kids go through this life, this journey, with joy. That's what he desires. Not only does he desire it, he, he kind of commands it. Over there in Philippians 4, verse 4, again, in that book of joy that Paul wrote, he says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Right? It's, not a, it's not a, hey, if, if you can. Hey, if things are going good. No, it's rejoice in the Lord when? Always. And in case you didn't get it the first time, I'll say it again, rejoice. That's an expectation that our Father has on us as his kids as we go through this life. We would be a people filled with joy because here's what we've got to understand. I think this is maybe one of the primary reasons why God wants us to experience it. I think God wants us to experience it because on one level, he wants us to have that good life that we personally get to enjoy, but I believe it goes beyond that because it is our joy in this life that impacts others around us. Others are watching. Others are seeing how we are handling the trials, the troubles, and the circumstances that we face in our lives. Others are watching, and we can have an impact on them through our joy. So as followers of Jesus, we need to realize our joy points to Jesus. Matter of fact, I want you to just say that with me real quick so we can drill this into our minds today, all right? One, two, three. Our joy points to Jesus, okay? I want you to hold on to that. We're going to talk about that as we walk through this whole, whole message because it's not all about us, all right? I don't want you to think that I'm getting up here to say, hey, here's the way to a better life. All right, this is not a self-help message or anything. This is about how do we reach more people for Jesus, okay? And so where do we find this joy? How do we, how do we hold on to this joy? And so let's, let's talk about where we find it first. And let's start off with this. Joy is found in salvation through Jesus. That's where it starts. That, this, that, that is what we've been preaching all this month. As joy is found in Jesus, the baby child came. He was the promise, the fulfillment, and in him is joy. But it goes beyond just that little baby. It was what that baby represents, right? That he was bringing salvation to the world, and that salvation is available to every one of us. And that's where it all starts, we, we tend to believe, let, let's just talk about where we 
tend to be in this life. We tend to depend on the things of this world, our things, our friends, our families, our jobs, careers, whatever fulfills us in this world. We tend to depend on those things to bring us joy. But those things, like we talked earlier, are very circumstantial, are here one minute, gone the, gone the next. Those, we can't get confused with happiness and joy. And so the joy we're talking about has this hope that is founded in the salvation that we have in Jesus. See, ministry can even go this way. Even in ministry, we can, we can find our joy where we shouldn't be finding it. We can depend on the things around us to bring us joy and not what God is doing. We can depend on all the accolades and the encouragements and everything, which you, as a church, you're wonderful of that. We always appreciate that. But that can become the desire even of the minister. Oh, tell me more about how great I am. And that can take us way off course real fast. That's not where we find our joy. Our f- joy is found in Jesus. At one point, Jesus was sending out some of his followers, 72 of them to be exact, and he sends them out into the surrounding area to go do ministry and to go share the gospel. And they come back, and there in Luke chapter 10, we have this little scenario where they come back and they give a report. And it says this, starting in verse 17, the 72 returned with joy. They've got this joy. And said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Here, ministry is happening. I mean, demons are submitting. Jesus replies to him. He says this, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Satan was doing ministry. He was in heaven. And he got off course. He says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. He says, yeah, you're going to do even greater things. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. What's he saying? Hey, no, this is awesome what you're able to do, what God's doing through you in ministry and as you're casting out demons and doing all these things. That is great. But let's not forget where your true rejoicing should happen, where the true joy comes from. It's your salvation. That's what should be making you excited. That's what makes you to be able to press on through this life, that you have your name written in heaven. You have that promise of eternity with your Savior. He says that's where your joy comes from. Peter talks about it over in one of his letters. He says this in 1 Peter chapter 1, 8 and 9. He says, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Where does that joy come from? It starts with, it has a foundation in the hope that we have in salvation through Jesus. Nobody can take that away from you. No circumstance, no challenge in this life that we face can take that away from us. That's the foundation of the joy that we have as followers of Jesus. Don't let anybody, including our enemy Satan, rob you of that. 
hold on to that joy. But our joy is found also in our surrendering to the Holy Spirit. As we grab hold of that faith we have in Jesus, we begin that, that walk with him, and we are now founded in that salvation with him. We have that joy, but we have another promise that is given to us, that Jesus gives us, that we have the Holy Spirit with us. Not only do we have salvation, but we also have the presence of God with us every step of the way in this journey that we have. And Paul, again, he talks about this. This connection between the spirit and, and the joy that we have. And he talks about that over in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. He gives us a whole list of, of attributes that we have, we have uh, potential to have in our life as followers of Jesus, as we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us and make his presence known in us. And he says this or in, in Galatians 5, he says, but the fruit of the spirit is love Joy, there it is, it's a very spiritual thing. Joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Joy is on the list. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit that is available to us that will surrender ourselves to the Spirit's work in us. Available to every one of us as believers. It's not a gift in such a way that some are gifted in this and some are gifted. No, all of us are gifted with these things. And all of us have that potential and the ability to hold on to that kind of a joy. We need to recognize that. We need to recognize that we, uh, we have a sinful nature that we live by, that we came into this world with. But now God is in his spirit transitioning us, molding us, renewing us, creating in us a new creation now that looks different than that old creation, that old person that was filled with sin and had that sin nature. Now know we're ones that have joy as we allow the Spirit to work in us. Now, unfortunately, the church, as believers, we don't always get it right, do we? We miss the mark. Paul talks about that over in Romans 14, and he says this, talking to the church there, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. That seemed to be what they were fighting over is what can we eat, what can we drink, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. That joy is found through the Holy Spirit's work in us. Through his presence inside of us, we grab hold of that. The more we allow him to, to work in us and work through us, the more that joy becomes evident in our lives. And the more and more that joy becomes evident in our lives, the more and more people see the joy in our lives, and the more and more people want to know what that joy is in our lives, and the more and more our joy points to Jesus. It points to Jesus. So we find it in, we, we find our joy in that salvation that we have, the security we have in, in that salvation in Jesus. We, we find that joy in the working of the Holy Spirit in us as he continues to mold in us and making us what he wants to do in us. But we also find that joy in our eternal perspective in this life. As we walk through this life, it is so easy to, to get that tunnel vision that this life is all it's about, right? It, you know, this, this family, this job, this existence that I have, this is it, and and, and so so when something bad happens, it seems so much more grand and so much more bigger. God says, no, 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 let's, let's open up the, the view here 
and recognize there's an eternity for us out there. We need to have an eternal perspective. Jesus really sets the example of this over in Hebrews chapter 12. The writer there talks about what Jesus was facing and the joy that he had. Look at that with me in in 12 verses 1 and following. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And here it is. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart, lose your joy. Let's look at the the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus who, who for the joy set before him, what was his joy? What was the joy that enabled him to press on all the way through the cross, the most horrific death imaginable? What was the joy? He looked ahead and he saw us. He looked ahead and he said, I'm accomplishing the salvation for the world, including you and me. And that brought him joy. And he says, I will gladly go to the cross for everyone who will trust in me. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He had a different perspective. If he was focused on the here and now, oh, this cross is going to be painful. I am, I am not doing this, all right? Uh, legions of angels, come down, wipe me out. I mean, if that was his perspective right here, no, he looked beyond. He looked through eternity, and he saw us. He saw everybody who had placed their faith in him. He says, for them, I've got great joy, and I'll press on. When we are able to have that eternal perspective, we can have that joy. We can hold on to that joy. And we will look different. And the world around us will want to know, what is it that you have that even in the midst of tragedy and trial and struggle, you seem just to have this joy? What is that? And we get to say, let me tell you about my Jesus. Listen, our joy points to Jesus. It's not about us having a happy life and a satisfying life and a fulfilled life. All those can be a part of it. But the point is that our joy has the potential of pointing others to Jesus. So is it important that we live out joy in our lives as followers of Christ? You bet it is. Because there's a world out there that needs to know Jesus. Again, most of us love this Christmas season, and we love the atmosphere. We, we love the songs. We love the atmosphere of giving and families coming together, presents and parties and decorations. But what happens when Christmas is over? 
Steph and I usually, uh, we take down our stuff pretty quick, all of the decorations in the house, tree. Usually by New Year's, we've put it all away, tubbed it all up, put it all where it goes. And almost every year, we find ourselves afterwards sitting on the couch, looking at our house, and one of us makes the statement, man, our house is boring after Christmas. Without all the Christmas stuff, you know, just kind of blue. Because we boxed it all up. I wonder if sometimes we pack up our joy with all the decorations. Oh, yeah, that's just that Christmas thing. We'll just get that out next season when we start to celebrate the baby Jesus again. And we get back to the regular life, the humdrum life, and we await till Christmas season comes back again. What are we missing? We're missing a lot, if that's us. We're missing a lot if we don't have the joy of Jesus in us every day and every season. Listen, if you call yourself a Christian, but you don't have the joy of the Lord in you, then you're giving a skewed view of Jesus. Because even our lack of joy can point people to Jesus. If people know you're a follower and they see a lack of joy, they are still getting a glimpse of Jesus, but it's, a, it's an inaccurate view of who Jesus is. What kind of a view, what kind of a glimpse of Jesus are, are people seeing in you? Is it the the joy of the Lord, or is it a cantankerous griper of the Lord? I've had the opportunity to be in third world countries in the midst of extreme poverty, and I've seen on the faces of the people there joy, joy of the Lord. I've been been by hospital beds. I've been by fresh graves. Been in prisons. On the faces of everybody going through those trials, I've seen the joy of the Lord. It's there. Even in some of the hardest places. When Jesus came, he truly was joy to the world. Joy for the world. Joy that was to be given to the world through you and me. Because our joy points to Jesus. So I hope as we go, have gone through this series and talk about the joy of heaven, that you haven't missed out on what we're really pointing at. Yes, we want to have a joyful life, and we want to experience that for ourselves to have that experience, but it goes so far beyond just us. We want the joy of the Lord to be evident in our lives and in this church so the world may know, so more people will come to know Jesus. Let's pray. Father in heaven. God, we are so excited for what you're doing in this place. 
God, we're so excited for just the, the, the testimony we got to see this morning of these two young ladies who gave their lives to you and baptized into you. And what a story and testimony that is. God, we pray that your joy will become more and more evident in every one of us, that we will pursue you, hold on to your salvation, open our lives up to your Spirit's work, and walk through this life with an eternal perspective, knowing that one day we will be with you for eternity. God, help us not to lose sight of those things, so that when the trials and troubles come, we'll find our strength in you. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.